vocal image. And just like visual image, when people see you, they make assumptions about who you are in their head. Now, when people hear you, they also make assumptions about who you are. So people don't think a lot about what their vocal image is saying about them, though. They, they barely have heard the two words together, like yourself, Simon. You know, vocal and image, I've never heard of that. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Show. I'm your host, Simon Severino. Today, our guest is top keynote speaker in the UK and young entrepreneur of the year 2014 in Australia. He teaches the stage program all around the world. Welcome, everybody, Vin Giang. Now, everyone, good to, good to be on the show. Thanks, Simon, for having me. So cool to have you here because you have such relevant things for us that I even know would exist. So we will talk vocal mastery, how to improve your vocal image, whatever that is, how, what authenticity really means in the context of your voice and how to style your vocal image. Hmm. Super cool. What are you currently creating? Uh, for, for me right now, it's really reinventing the way I do my work, right? So for me as a keynote speaker, as you know, COVID, the pandemic hit. So once that hit, live events have all stopped. So to me, it's it's been a process of reinventing the way I deliver to my clients. So behind me, it's a mess, but I, I built a, a full studio in my home. So I built a virtual studio. I'm not coming to you live from there right now, but I built a three camera setup. I sound treated the room. And now I'm able to present from Australia because I now live in Australia, but I can present for my clients in the US virtually via my studio. So I'm, um, you know, reinventing, redesigning, reimagining. Beautiful, beautiful. This is also home here. So my, <laughs> my, my kids are there, my kitchen is there, etc. Oh, this I is also it. home. So I, yeah, I resonate with that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, um, tell us what is, what is, what is a vocal image? Does everybody ha have that? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, think about this, right? The one we're most familiar with when we're talking about communication is your visual image. And your visual image is the way you dress and your body language. So whenever we talk to somebody about, about their visual image, they get it. They go, oh, yeah, I understand it. You know, they spend a lot of time working on their visual image, doing their hair. They might, you know, the ladies might do makeup, for, for example. But the area we never talk about is vocal image. And just like visual image, when people see you, they make assumptions about who you are in their head. Now, when people hear you, they also make assumptions about who you are. So people don't think a lot about what their vocal image is saying about them, though. They, they barely have heard the two words together, like yourself, Simon. You know, vocal and image, I've never heard of that before. But the reality is when people hear you speak and you open your mouth, they now create an image of who you are in their heads. So it's very important to become aware of what's your vocal image saying about you? You know, what, what the listeners, your vocal image, what, what's it saying about you? Have you thought about styling it? And to me, that's an important thing to do. Wow. I remember, so in my first career, I was a psychotherapist. And right. I remember that we were, of course, interested in what is the real impact of what we do? Is it the technique? Mm -hmm. Is it the setting? Is it the cadence, the rhythm of how often uh, we, we work with patients? And 80% we were quite shocked because 80% of the outcome of the impact of a psychotherapy session 
is through the voice of the therapist. 80% is the voice. And 0% of our curriculum was about voice. Wow. I, I, I actually teach a lot of doctors right now. So in Australia, one of the medical training companies are a partner of mine. And same thing, like, I think a lot of the times medical professionals don't realize they can heal with their voice as well. Not just your knowledge and your technical expertise in the medicine, but the voice has incredible healing elements to it as well. Absolutely. And if you think the, the birth of, for example, psychoanalysis as a science, as a, as a, as a practice, was mm. really transferring from, from the medical side, from mm. pills to the relationship to somebody that speaks to you and you speaking to somebody. That, mm. was, the, that was the beginning of psychoanalysis. And, this is really interesting because not only for you know, people in your field or, or medical practitioners is that everyone, the value that you have as a person, how do you deliver that value? Often the modality that we use to deliver value is our voice. Because otherwise, how else do you get it to another person? You know, unless you're doing emails. But when we're communicating in person, the modality we use is our voice. That carries the value that we have to offer inside. Absolutely. So yeah. everybody has a vocal image. How, yes. do we, how do we see it before we can then shape it, improve it? How do we find it, see it, visualize it? I don't know. Well, look, one of, one of the most powerful things you can do to build self-awareness is by using this thing here, your phone. So your phone is your friend when you're trying to build self-awareness on what your current vocal image is and your visual image. So I tell, I tell a lot of my students all the time that, look, this is how you do it. You have to record a five-minute video of yourself and just speak for five minutes. And you can speak on any topic you want. Talk about your breakfast, talk about something you're passionate about, talk about someone you love. The content is not critical. So once you've got the five-minute video of yourself, you have to review it in three different ways. The first time you review it is you turn the sound off press play and just listen to yourself. And then start building self-awareness on how you sound. How is, and these are the key things to look for. How's my rate of speech? Is it too fast? Is it too slow? Do I vary my rate of speech? Because the key here is we must vary our rate of speech to be engaging. Because if I speak at this rate of speech the entire time and I don't vary my rate of speech after a while, it becomes boring, right? Really so boring. Very, yeah, it's terrible, it's terrible. So first thing is rate of speech. Second thing is volume. Third thing is pitch and melody. Do you have variety in your pitch and melody? The next one is tonality. Is there emotion that lives underneath your voice or is there no emotion? The last one is, do you pause? Do you pause to give people time to think? So take a whole bunch of notes on these five areas and you're building self-awareness for yourself on your vocal image. The second time you review it, now turn off the sound. Now just watch yourself. And start paying attention to your body language. What are you doing with your hands? What are you doing with your face? Are you moving your face? Or do you just kind of have a blank face and then the time you talk, you don't move your face at all? Take a whole bunch of notes. Build self-awareness on your visual image. And then the third time you review it, don't watch it, don't listen to it. What you're doing is get the video transcribed. Get it transcribed and then read through what you are talking about. Do you have lots of filler words? And, so, like, do you know what I mean? Get rid of the filler words. Do you use a lot of non-words? It's the ums, the ahs, the ers. So now when you listen to it, watch it, and then read it, you get a 360 view on how you're currently coming across to others. So to me, this is a very powerful process to take yourself through. You could just do this 10 times 
and it will completely clean up your vocal and your visual image. It's a, it's a very powerful process to take yourself through. Some people even count their filler words, like how many times they say mm, or so or like. And uh, right. what the pause is something that I find really hard to do. When should the pause be and how long? You look, you want to be natural with it. You, you know, you don't want to, you know, pause one, two, three, four. But what you've got to understand is the pause. The reason it's important, first of all, is that it gives people time to process what you've just said. So notice that I just said that and I paused. It gave you time to literally process it. So when you don't pause and you just keep talking like I'm going to do right now to give you an example, there's no time for people to process anything. And I just keep talking. And then what that means is people don't end up processing anything that you say. So it just becomes a stream of words and then your communication therefore is no longer effective. So to me, if you want someone to remember something or you want them to really process something, then pause right after you've just talked about something complex. Give it time for it to sink in. That's when I would use the pause. And I'd, again, the length of the pause is up to how dramatic you want to be. If you want to be very dramatic, then pause for longer. So to me, pauses are very powerful. Three to four second pauses are very natural and also extremely effective. Now, when you also get comfortable with the pause, what it allows you to do is it allows you to get rid of all the ums and the ahs and the filler words. Because when you feel like saying um, or you feel like saying ah, or so, or and, replace it with a pause. And that increases the clarity of your message. Because let's say, for example, if I use filler words and I go, you know, like, um, when you're talking about, you know, uh, record and review and, you know, um, what that does is it decreases the clarity of your message. And I know a lot of your listeners, a lot of, a lot of leaders in companies, you've got to make sure that when you communicate, you don't use filler words and or non-words because it decreases your authority. It decreases the clarity of your message. It takes so much away from your, your presence. So again, it, it's something to be mindful of. Do you want to make your sales more repeatable and reliable? Do you want to have less volatility and more growth in your revenue per month? At Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy and sprints. Strategy means having more revenue through a better offer. And sprints means having more energy in your team every week. Check out if your ROI is as high as it is for most service-based and online businesses and startups we work with which is over 100%. You can see it in just 15 minutes by going to strategysprints.com slash sales and completing our online exercise to know what your ROI would be with our accelerator program. We are ready to sprint. Are you? Absolutely. How do you prepare before a speech? Is there a specific routine of techniques that you do, warm up? I, I go through a pretty extensive rehearsal process. So, so, so to me, I've learned from the world of theater. So I'm part magician. So I, I did a lot of theater work to become better as a magician. And in the world of theater, there is a beautiful rule of thumb. For every one minute you are on stage, it's an hour minimum of rehearsal. So if I'm doing a new talk, if I'm doing a brand new talk and it's an hour keynote, it's 60 hours of rehearsal. Well, because I get paid a lot of money to do this. Uh, this is my career path. So to me, I have to be polished. So to me, if again, if you know, you're not a keynote speaker, and you don't do this as a profession, even as a CEO, as a leader, my suggestion would be, you need 
if you've got a one hour speech, you need to rehearse minimum five hours. Minimum, you've got to go through the talk. And, and what you do is, you, it's called a table read. And a table read is when you have your talk and you've got your notes. When you're doing a table read, don't don't read it in your head. Don't 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 do this. Don't do this. Don't don't go. Good morning, everyone. It's really good to see you. Because the way you rehearse is the way you're going to present. So in theatre, we do something called a table read. When you're sitting there, you read it as if the audience is there. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's it's really good to be at the sales conference this week. I wanted to highlight a few things. And if you do five iterations of reading it with enthusiasm, that's going to help make the content stick more. High effort rehearsal will equate to high levels of retention. Low levels of rehearsal will equate to low levels of retention. The more effort you put into the table read, the more you'll remember it. So again, if you're a leader, I say mm, saying five at a minimum is, uh, I don't think so. I'd say 10. I would want to rephrase that. 10 table reads of your talk is minimum. And do you do also some breath work or yeah, absolutely. So I've got a I've got a vocal coach because I, I teach a, a three day masterclass when we were able to meet in person. So I, I'm the main teacher. I teach for three whole days. So I've got a vocal teacher out of California. So she's giving me a list, a list of things. So breathing, I use a technique called Wim Hof, which you probably are aware of. Or people yeah. are aware of. I use Wim Hof before I go on stage. If you don't know what it is, W I M H O F. It's called the Wim Hof method. Just look it up. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got the app on my phone. I listen to it. I do that before I go on stage. And then also do some of the vocal exercises to make sure my articulators have all been warmed up. Nice. And um, your second CEO tip is about what authenticity really means in the context of your voice and finding your voice. Look, I think we talk a lot about authenticity and, and, and if I talk about it from the context of communication and delivery and how you use your voice, what I'll say is the following. One of the foundations to great communication is having good melody in your voice. And when I push a lot of my students to play with melody and I go, oh, you should learn to play with the higher melodies in your voice. They say, oh, Vin, that feels fake. It feels phony. But I tell them we must reframe this because if you can make the sound how can it be fake and phony? It's your voice. If you made the sound, it's real. It's your voice. So I tell them we must reframe this. Think of the analogy a piano. A piano has 88 keys, okay? What's happened in your life is you've become very familiar with these keys over here, these keys. So when I ask you to play with these keys over here, you go, oh, Vin, that's fake and phony. No, no, it's not fake and phony. You've just become very familiar with these keys over here. And when I ask you to play these keys over here, they're not fake and phony. They're just unfamiliar. So you've got to reframe this. And to me, the most authentic thing you can do is if you can play your entire instrument. And to me, the most inauthentic thing you can do is if I only play with these two keys over here. If I only play with these two keys over here, that's probably the most inauthentic thing you can do. So to me, we must learn how to use our entire instrument. And when we do, we become the most authentic version of ourselves. Super strong. I am really curious about who you nominate for the award. So let's go there. You can pick only one person when everybody's zigging. This person is zigging, but they are doing the right thing from your perspective. Who is this person? 
Yeah, look, I would nominate uh, one of my good friends, Dale Beaumont from Australia, who runs the program Business Blueprint. Uh, he's basically had to turn his entire business to virtual and he's done it in such an amazing way. So uh, Dale Beaumont is the person I would nominate. I love it. And it's so relevant how to turn your business into yeah. completely digital. That's what everybody has to do right now if they want to yeah. survive this funky year. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. How, how did you adapt? So you're building the studio, but how was the process, let's say the emotional, the, the decision process and, and of, 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 of March, April and so on? Yeah, look, I, a lot of my mentors guided me. A lot of my mentors said, look, Vin, you have two choices. One is you can just uh, choose to retire for the next two years and take time off and just kind of relax. Or you can choose to fight. You can choose to go in and still build a successful business this year and really test your entrepreneurial ability. So I, you know, I, I didn't want to just retire for the next two years. I said, look, no, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So they said, if that's the conscious decision you're making, then go all in. Don't half-ass it. Go all in. Make the offensive decision to go all in. So I was like, okay, I'll go all in. So then I built a whole studio. So I built a full virtual studio. I, I paid an online streamer that lives close by to me who's quite popular online. I said, look, I'll, I'll pay you for your time. Come build me a studio. So he came in. I got his expertise. I built the whole studio. I learned how to live switch. But, you know, while I say this, it sounds exciting, but at the time it was very emotional because it cost a lot of money to build the studio. I, I had to get a, a, an internet dish installed on my house that costs thousands and I have to pay thousands a month right now to get the fastest internet available in Australia. So to me... As inspiring as it sounds, it was very emotional. But, but to me, I made the decision to do it. So I didn't want to half-ass it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And in March, when, when our business had a half a million loss in revenue because there was stage stuff and there was no yeah. stage anymore. So I had a very similar week. And I, I did this similar thing. I asked myself, uh, are we going to win this? or just uh, avoid this and mm. so either embrace it and make the best of it or avoid yeah. it sleep sleep for one year yeah it, two years and, i think <laughs> yeah so and in march i was thinking of one year now i would i would mm. go for three years yeah <laughs> correct it was very clear to me okay no we we are going to surf this wave yeah and and we went from yeah. a weekly weekly show to a daily show and well it was the best idea because look how how great conversation i'm having and my network is huge from australia to san diego and mm. uh, it, it would not have been possible and every week i i meet five great new people mm. and, and you know it's it's amazing we start collaborations we we promote each other it's amazing what well awesome. is yeah so keep rolling and yeah. uh, <laughs> the third thing is that uh, you need to style your vocal image. How can we style it? Yeah, look, it's with what I've mentioned before. It's basically in your head right now, you've already got a list of what you like in a communicator and what you like in a presenter. You've got a list. You really do. And that's because, think about it, when you're last at a conference and you're sitting there, when we used to be able to go to conferences, when a speaker walks on stage, in your brain there's a checklist and you're starting to think to yourself, oh, am I going to listen to this person or not? If they check the checklist of what makes a great speaker, you put your phone down and you go, oh, I'm going to listen to this person. 
And if they don't check the checklist, you go, oh, I'm just going to go to my phone and see what's happening on Facebook. So you've got an internal list of what you like in a great communicator. The problem is you've never applied that list to yourself because you've never seen yourself speak. This is why it's so important to go through the record and review process so that you can apply the things you like. So you can apply, oh yeah, I, I do like a speaker who uses a greater volume. So all of a sudden now, when you go through this process, you get the opportunity to style yourself the way you want. We all like different things in great communicators. We all have different tastes. We all like different food. So this is why, again, it's important because it allows you to apply to you the things you like, therefore allowing you to become the most authentic version of yourself. Otherwise, if I tell you a list of things to do, you're not going to come across authentic. You're going to sound like Vin. It'll be terrible. So you've just got to apply the list of things that you like to yourself. And there is a list that exists in your head. The moment you start watching yourself back, you'll start to apply the list to you. Absolutely. So I have, I, 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 I study uh, vocal performers. So yeah. every night I watch Stephen Colbert <laughs> because this, nice. is my, this is my master number one. Yeah. And, uh, and then I also try and listen to every interview that Jerry Seinfeld ever gave about how he prepares and how he works. Yes. And I'm reading right now his, his latest book, which is amazing, where he just tests his jokes with his comedian friends. Yeah. And I have to say, I learn more from this than from 17 years of business books and business practice. But at the end, communication is learned by studying communicators. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I did to build my speaking career. I looked at all of my favorite performers, my favorite speakers. I, I, I remember flying to the UK to watch some of my magicians live, my favorite magicians live. And I watched them three to four times to go, what is the intricate detail of what makes them so engaging? So to me, that is a fantastic way to build more self-awareness and to learn what to do. Absolutely. So who, who works with you? Who is the ideal client who should call you and work with you? Look, for, for me, it's people who want to improve their ability to present. So, and, and this can exist in many different industries. I train people in the medical realm. I train people in the tech realm. I train people in the finance realm. So to me, if you are presenting a lot and you find yourself needing to be a better communicator, join me. I mean, we, we talk about vocal mastery. We deep dive into body language. We deep dive into storytelling. So we go into all the foundations of what makes a great communicator. And, and not right now, I teach virtually. So every two months, I run an online masterclass. Uh, I do it for two hours, five times a week. So it's 10 hours in total. And we go through all the foundations. Oh, I love it. I, I will join it. And you know, you, you are two weeks late because two weeks ago, I was preparing for my very first and only TED talk. Oh. And, and this is where I would have needed you, man. <laughs> man, two weeks, two weeks too late. That's okay. You, I'm sure there's going to be more amazing stages that are going to want you, Simon. So you can prepare for the next one. <laughs> I, I'm, I, it's really a question mark what stages will, will be in the future. But yes, there will be some, but there nobody knows. There. Nobody knows how they look like. Look, I, I, I've already presented in Australia. I did a live event last week. So I did a live event with about 120 people. And I think people are yearning for events again. People cannot wait to travel. So once we, once we finally find this vaccine, I think the, the travel industry, the conference industry is going to come back really strong because people starve connection. We are starving connection right now. So we can't wait for it.
Absolutely. And should people wait for, let's say, they have a big presentation and then they call you? Or is, it, is vocal image something that they, they can do just like, like they train their body and their emotions, they should train their, their vocal image? Look, I, I don't believe that communication is just for your professional life or when that big event calls you. Think about where you use your voice. Not only do we use our voices here with each other, Simon, we use our voice to connect with our wives, our partners, our husbands, our children, our community. We, we, this is the primary instrument we use for connection. This is why I don't say it lightly, and, and I don't mean to hype because it is bloody important. Your voice, this is the tool that you use. And if you improve this, you improve all areas of life your personal life improves, your professional life improves. So to me, it's not really a question of when do I do it? it you should start now. And, and, and to me, the moment I learned how to use my voice more effectively, my quality of life improved. So often people don't realize that you've been given one of the most complex instruments in the world. It's one of the most complex instruments in the world. We got no manual, no book, no coach, no teacher. So to me, let's learn how to use our voices optimally so that we can have more impact, not only in business, but in our personal life. Uh, listening to you, I am remembering one personal episode. When I was at school, my first year in, in Austria, so I, 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 was, I was a foreigner and I was learning this new language coming mm. from Italy. And I had a teacher, German teacher, who, who said, Simon, come here and now you read this poem aloud. Rainer Maria Rilke, The Panther. One beautiful, beautiful poem. And he mm. said, now please, please tell the poem to the, to the class. So I go for one round. And then he says, please class, uh, listen to it again, but now you close your eyes. So Simon, mm. please do it again. And I do it again, and, and my, my peers with their eyes closed. So this was one small positive feedback that mm. I got from one teacher. And I got 150 very negative feedbacks in that same year, people saying that I don't behave accordingly, etc. So, But this, this little feedback about my voice yeah. has kept me going on, has kept me rolling. Wow. And, and, and I guess it's also why today I run a podcast, because I have this small, mm. this small feedback from this teacher who said, your voice is okay. Your voice is something that should be heard. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, it is tied to your identity. If somebody says, it is. Uh, I, I like your voice, uh, basically they're saying, I like you. So... This is why my vocal teacher always said this. She said, your voice is your personality. So if someone compliments your personality and they go, oh, you seem so charismatic. Oh, you seem so <coughs> friendly. And oh, you seem so nice. What they're talking about is how you're using your voice. And, you know, we know in business, right, Simon? We know in business that people do business with people they like. Right? So what people do business with people who have nice personalities. And the pragmatic way to work on your personality is your voice. It's, it's bizarre, but so much of life comes back to your voice. How you connect with people is your voice. One comment on your voice changed your life. I mean, look how much people you're impacting now, how many people listen to you now. Your voice is more powerful than you think. 
Yeah, and I hope also, you know, the Dalai Lama, first thing that he does mm. when he comes into a country, he goes to the schools, not, not to the ministers, not to the entrepreneurs, never to the entrepreneurs, actually, <laughs> uh, always to the schools first. Yes. Because, because there, there is the future and they need the confidence and they need the courage and they, they need this feedback. Mm. So uh, I, 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 I am thinking that uh, if you have the chance to give children and, mm. and scholars uh, also a variation of your program, that would be, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah, I, I literally just did a class last week for a school in Melbourne because in Melbourne, Australia, they're locked down fairly heavily. So I, I try to donate my time as well to schools and children because like you said, to hear a comment like that when you're young, it's life-changing. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Mm. So really powerful stuff. And where can people get more of this stuff? Yeah, if, if you want to join me and, and learn with me, I just go to... Uh, search on Google or you can just go to the website. It's called stageworkshop.live and then just go to the virtual masterclass section. So that's stage, S-T-A-G-E, workshop.live, L-I-V-E. If you go there, that's my uh, stage program and you can have a look at the curriculum, what I teach and see if it's uh, the right fit for you. And if it is, then I'd love to have you in my class. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, Vin, who should be my next guest? One of one of my students who's doing amazing things. He's similar to yourself in terms of he, he's he's interviewed amazing people on his podcast, and I think you both will be great together. His name is Laban. Uh, it's Laban Ditchburn. So if you look up Laban Ditchburn, L A B A N D I T C H B U R N E, uh, it's Laban Ditchburn. He's an amazing human. I think you'll love him. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Vin, for being on the show, and see you in your program. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, uh, sure. Bye-bye. Take care, Thomas. Bye for now. We all know that working in sprints is better, but how do we know what we should work on? You're in luck because we have a 15-minute exercise that will give you complete clarity on where to take your project next. Go to strategysprints.com sales to complete our short exercise and meet one-on-one -on -one with an expert sprint coach to identify your number one bottleneck. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Strategy Show. Make sure to like this video below and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with every episode of The Strategy Show. Get daily CEO tips from CEOs for CEOs.